Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are paid to win. Written by Hard Light Serial. Excalazor. Hey, I found this really weird game on Steam. You should try it. Crystal Hunter X. What is it about? Excalazor. Weird fantasy animals fighting each other. Crystal Hunter X. How weird. Like on a scale of tax invoices to your mom. Excalador. LOL, it's like Xenobiology. Crystal Hunter X. Xeno what Excalagor, like imagining what aliens would look like. It's not sci-fi, it's just animals living on different planets to ours. The planet is called Earth, and it is mostly water. So there's a lot of freaky moist animals. Crystal Hunter X. I'm downloading it now. What is the weirdest one? Excalazor, um... The weirdest one you can play is probably the mosquito. It's a flying invertebra with an armored exoskeleton, and it can only reproduce in water. Oh, and it has six legs. Crystal Hunter X. W2F, WTF, WTF, WTF. Excalazor. IKR. There is a newbie server, though. Their deserts and plains are so it gets far less and super weird animals. Crystal Hunter X. Okay, logging in. I'm a furry thing with huge ears. I look kind of badass. Excalazor. A hair? Crystal Hunter X. Yeah, that one. I'm eating grass. This is fun. Excalagor. Press M to see the map. The green icon is me. A Crystal Hunter X. Oh, you're near the river. Excalazor. Yeah, I'm a huge rubbery herbivore with giant teeth. There are some other hippo players in the river with me. I've told them not to eat you. Crystal Hunter X. They can eat me. But you said they're herbivores. Excalazor. I know. Winky face. Crystal Hunter X. I'm halfway there. I had to run away from some of those pig things. What the frick is that? Excalazor. What is it? Crystal Hunter X. It's a really tall and skinny. It's got a long dangly thing. It's spinning it. Excalazor. Run away. Run away, Crystal. It's a human. Crystal Hunter X. It's okay, I got away, it's really slow. Excalazor. No, you didn't. Humans have a bug, infinite tracking radius. Crystal Hunter X. Slow AF, I'm coming over to your river. Excalazor. No, find a bush and hide in, I'm coming to you. Crystal Hunter X. I think it sees me. Excalazor. Stay really still, I'm nearly there. The hunter stalked towards his quarry. With luck, the hare wouldn't notice him until he was close enough to use his sling. As he crept closer, he noticed a rustling, thumping sound in the distance. But he wasn't close to the river, so it couldn't be a... Ah! Excalazor. Ah! It got me in the eye. That mf got me in the eye. I killed it, though. Crystal Hunter X. It didn't run away. Excalazor. Nah, humans can't run away. But you can't run away from them either. When you fight a human, someone always dies. That's why I play Hippo. Crystal Hunter X. I want to play Hippo. How much XP to unlock it? Excalazor. Nah, you can't. Hippo costs real money. 
End of story. Story number two, Apes in Space, written by underscore, underscore, dash, underscore, 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 dash, 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 underscore. We couldn't discern why we were alone. Sure, we found a huge selection of bacteria and a few single-celled organisms, but that wasn't the same. As awesome as single-celled entities like yeast could be, it wasn't the same as having a buddy to drink a beer with and break bread with. Many tried to tackle the philosophical conundrums of our loneliness entailed. Were we the first, the last, or the uglies of the galaxy? Were we the cosmic equivalent to the creepy kid in the corner, muttering to him or herself with the horrible acne? Society and technology continued to progress. We always were a rowdy bunch, and by the time we were capable of establishing interplanetary and interstellar colonies, we had come to accept a facet of ourselves. Instead of a single governing body, we maintained a loose confederation. Every colony was independent unless it decided not to be, and every maintained communication and trade. Why try and sculpt the beautiful Fabergé egg of a government when we knew it simply end in declarations of independence and civil unrest? Besides, by that point space was a non-issue, space and resources. Trade routes developed, tourism flourished, and on the whole, vast majority of Earth's wise men were not in want. Being human, there were steer bushfire walls and the occasional atrocity, but we had come a long way from our violent cradle-constrained slows. Into that air of boredom, a cosmic apathy as we awaited the heat death or non-death of the cosmos, came as starship that we hadn't built. A starship that we hadn't built that was crude and sentient beings that we'd never come across. At least, we thought that they were sentient at one point. They were in such a state of hysteria that we couldn't communicate with them. They very nearly rammed one of the vessels that came to provide assistance. Such was their state. We had no way to communicate with them, so we had no inkling of what had struck them down. Before long, they had all managed to commit suicide. Several times, it was sheer luck and suiciding party didn't take one of the first responders with them. Scientists and engineers descended onto the alien craft. We weren't alone, and people in naturally that hysterical don't invent space travel. That's when she showed up. At least that was what the best translation of her name and most of our talented linguists could provide. We simply called her Howdy. You know, the awkward person at work. The one who, despite working there for years, still managed to stumble into walls, occasionally spoke like he or she had a bath mouth full of marbles, or forgot whatever language was being spoken, did their best and always did the good job, but always managed to make it awkward, perhaps even unconventionally attractive. That was Hody if you put on a cosmic horror scale. But she was ours, Hody the Cosmic Hoodie. We took to calling her that quickly. She seemed to get a kick out of having a warm-hearted nickname. Why Hoodie, you might ask? We thought it was fitting, considering hoodies kept you warm, comfy, and had an air of safety around them, just like Hoodie. You see, there were many other cosmic horrors like her out there, and many other civilizations like ours. The former used to rule over the latter and used them to settle squabbles similar to children playing in a sandbox with little toy army men. 
To that end, those like Hoddy would take a form as inspiring beings of light or terrifying beings of cosmic fire and misery to lead the lesser civilizations. She protected us from those squabbles, kept us safe and unmolested in our part of the galaxy, while the galaxy burned and grew anew around us. Our little pond was calm and tranquil. Hardy had been keeping us safe for aeons for a reason. The reason we found comical. Poor Hardy, she had never had a knack for the Dominion like her fellow cosmic horrors. She always drove those exposed to her insane, utterly and truly bad, like the aliens on the ship that we'd found. It was hard to have a power base when everyone who looked upon you or heard you speak lost their ability to function instantaneously. Hardy learned that we could interact with her with no ill consequences. Sure, she scared individuals, especially those more prone to superstition or without the understanding of the cosmos, but we weren't driven mad. Hell, our modern take on Hardy was that she was so ugly that it circled back around to making her adorable someone who was truly unconventionally attractive. We bored and lonely wise men were already a bit insane to start off with. We learned from our cosmic hoodie, learned many things. As we learned, we noticed that she steadily became anxious, more anxious than normal for her. The others of her kind were fond of tormenting her. The forms of torment used were near incomprehensible to us, but we were familiar with the methods. Any middle school or high school buddy would know the basics, basics that had been refined by Aeons. That was the cause of a normal anxious state. Her peers had decided to up her ante by threatening our existence and her life. It was hard for beings like Hoddy to be killed, but if enough of her peers all ganged up, it was very possible. Poor Hardy was already a laughingstock and kicking bag of the cosmos. Now they sought to torment her even more. When her anxiety finally got the better of her, and she broke down and explained all of this to us, we were not a happy people. We could be jerks and horrible people, but damn it, we did our best to curtail that, and put bullies in their proper place. Fortunately, there was a way to put an end to it. All we had to do was join the cosmic game of conquest and subjugation as Hoddy's faction. That was fine by us. As I said, we were always a little crazy. We had no true choice but becoming a cosmic gladiators, so we embraced it with a fervor and a passion none had seen. At least they would have seen it if they weren't busy belittling and mocking Hardy for how quickly and horribly her forces were going to be massacred. We already liked to weaponize things and have arms races that we never truly left behind. When we entered the cosmic stage properly, a new phrase was learned. To our chagrin, it was a very simple phrase, but it stuck. The cosmos learned what going apeshit entailed. After the fact, Hardy brought to our attention that we were terrifying, that we even managed to scare herself and her peers. That was all right by us. Hardy and us were left to our own devices after that, which was nice. We think Hardy liked it too. End of story. Story number three. A Trillion Willing Corpses, written by CT24601. We always known that the colony was not our first home. 
The evidence is everywhere. Our bodies aren't not perfectly adapted to this planet, nor have they ever been. The ship upon which our great city stands, which even today we could not fully replicate, is built upon technologies alien to ours. Yet the remains of its archives are filled with footage not of unknown aliens, but of humans who look like us. Even the name we give our planet betrays our knowledge, its origins buried by time, that we came from somewhere else. For centuries, our greatest minds, our historians and philosophers and archaeologists have worked tirelessly to determine where we first came from. Now, thanks to our newfound allies in the Federation of Stars, we can finally answer humanity's oldest question. When we made first contact with the Federation, we wept with joy at the knowledge that we were not alone in the universe. To see the thinking creatures not of our own species was unprecedented moment in our history. The Federation, however, had seen humans before. Once assurances were reached and we could work peacefully with our fellow starfarers, they began to tell us and show us of old humanity. We originate, they tell us, from Terra, a small, temperate planet many light years from the colony. They do not know why we first left, but what they can tell us is this. We, the united populations of Colony, represent the descendants of but one of a thousand thousand ships of old humanities dispatched into the void. Federal archaeologists believe that there was some great calamity that befell Terra. For seemingly every member of old humanity launched themselves outward as one, crowding onto ships like our own in the vague hope that they might reach a habitable planet. So far, it seems that we are the only ones to succeed. The others have been found across the galaxy, buried in fledgling colonies, a few unburied corpses surrounded by crude graves of their brethren. Some were killed, perhaps millennia ago, by warships unable to identify a peaceful vessel. Most often, they drifted in their own derelict vessels, slain by disease or malfunction or simply starvation. What matters, however, is not their failure, it is their effort. In the face of unknown, unthinkable devastation, humanity as a whole shook their heads, steeding themselves and promised to do whatever they could to ensure what some of them, any of them, might survive. Not one human skeleton believed to be from the calamity was found on terror, despite the discovery of fossils from countless other creatures. However, in space, in the great unknown, a trillion souls sacrificed themselves to ensure that humanity might survive. We do not know what the horrific fate that they would have faced had they stayed, but we know that every member of old humanity was prepared to toil to create the fleet of ships, board them without knowing their destination, and keep them functional as long as they could, all on the slimmest chance that some of them might one day become us. So new humanity, people of Colony, I call on you, let us do what old humanity did, and build a fleet to rival the galaxy has seen before. Let us do what they did, and venture outwards in search of a new planet to explore and settle. Let us do what they could not, and spread our population across the thousands of worlds, so that never again will humanity come close to extinction. And when, in the course of our exploration, we come across the remains of our ancient brethren, let us honor them, let us record their names, and remember the sacrifice that they made so that their bodies might be found by their descendants countless generations hence. 
As we enter into a new age of exploration, guided and bolstered by our allies in the Federation, let us take care to remember what brought us to our existence. The lives of a trillion willing corpses, each ready to die so that even a few of them could live. That spirit is what let us survive from old humanity. If we, new humanity, continue that legacy, we will weather whatever crisis befalls us as we travel amongst the stars. By the sacrifice of our ancestors, we were given a second chance. Let us not waste it. Speech of the Prime Minister of Kora Inchindu, United Populations of Colony. One week after humanity's acceptance into the Federation of Stars, formalized at the request under the name of New Humanity. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.